This is the Bourbon Bookshelf Podcast, where we cover books, beverages, and the general BS of the day. A few disclaimers, we are not literary experts, or experts in anything for that matter, and explicit content should be expected. I am your host, Barry Price. I hope you enjoy the show. Good evening, fellas. Evening. Evening. John, what are you drinking? Tito's and Topo, no lime. Jared, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a hot toddy <laughs> with a generous amount of old granddad. Drinking a hot toddy. Yeah. Good. It's good. <laughs> There's a chill outside. Yeah. Well, it is December. It was beautiful here today on my part of South Carolina. It was here too. It was seventy-eight, I think. And damn, yeah, that's nice. That's gonna be like thirty tomorrow, though. There's no consistency whatsoever. It'll be twenty-five in the morning and then seventy in the day. Man, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it's pretty nice. So I've got uh, Basil Hayden. I've started <laughs> using my decanter again lately. So. <laughs> If you hear some glass clanging around, that's what it is. Uh, some things to follow up on from the last episode. The last two episodes for this particular thing. John has finally joined the Strava Club. Woo! And he's logging miles. Yeah, getting it in. Getting them in. I did two miles uh, Tuesday on my apple watch and then it goes into strava 1.96 yeah <laughs> you know if it would have if it would have logged it as two you wouldn't you'd be in a tied for last not in last yeah but like our uh, good friend tyler owens yeah <laughs> sitting right up there 0. 0.04 ahead of me <laughs> right. so and then our other good friend tyler vance hadn't logged any so so uh, i'm not last no, technically not. You're last of those who have recorded, so it's kind of a it's a strange place to be in. You're almost better off not recording. <laughs> <laughs> but that was no, the whole point. I know. Now keep it going. You're doing good. <laughs> if anybody wants to join the Strava Club, holler at me, and we'll get you in there. Uh, other thing to follow up on is last week we talked about. Uh, this kid that was missing in the Texas panhandle named Tom Brown. Uh, I told the story that was fraught with inaccuracies, but the uh, overall theme of it was still true. We ended with uh, them finding his body. Something I have since learned is that shortly after they found his body, a teacher in Canadian committed suicide with the same so when they found his truck tom brown's truck there was an empty 25 caliber shell casing in the truck and that just so happens to be the same weapon uh caliber that the teacher committed suicide with so oh and then texas monthly has released the second half of their coverage of it but i haven't been able to read that yet well We'll re- look forward to the report on it so we don't have to pay for it. Yeah. Yeah, Texas Monthly ain't cheap. They're proud of their stuff. And then, uh, Jared, how's your heart rate been? It's been good. It's Real good today. Hey. normal. Good. Yeah. Mine hasn't been. Yeah, John, tell us about your woes. I don't know. Usually I can – I try to keep my heart rate between 140 and 150, which means a good deal of walking – but my last two runs have been mostly walking. So we'll just call them walks. And I've been able to keep it up over 140. So I don't know what's going on if I'm sick or if I had COVID and didn't know it. I got Giardia. I don't know, like <laughs> river water or something. How's your sleep? You getting sleep? Not really. That's probably, probably two is. I'm, typically used to running in the morning and not after a big ass meal that i prepared mm. at home yeah that definitely doesn't help I, heard you. I gotta run on damn near an empty stomach 
most that's of the time. That's usually what I like to run on. But now I'm working from home, so I'm making a five-course meal at lunch. And lunch is from 10 to 3.30. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> Just in time to start making dinner. <laughs> <laughs> at least that's how it was at my house when I was working from home. John, what book do you have? I have Bad Blood, The Secrets and Lies in a Silicon Valley Startup. It's by John Carey Yu. Carey Rowe. I don't know how to say it. Sounded good. Jared, what do you have? I have, I have uh, Running Ransom Road. I've got Full Dark, No Stars by Stephen King. John, let's hear it. Bad Blood. All right. Like I said, Bad Blood, Secrets and Lies in a Silicon Valley Startup by John Carey Rowe. Um, it is the story of Theranos, which was a startup, obviously, in California, whose mission was to create a testing piece of equipment for blood that would use a single drop of blood from your finger and do hundreds of tests. Whereas typically when they're doing blood tests they're taking four vials from a uh, venous straw from your arm. So the goal was to use all this technology in order to just use one drop of blood. Um, well, turns out that's either physically impossible or we are a long way away from actually doing that. So they were building these um, instruments that you would insert the blood into. And then it was basically doing manual work with a robot. So it was having a robot in this little uh, box, dilute your blood and then pipette it into the other tests and you could hear it whirring and stuff. <laughs> and, um, but they were able to sell this thing and get people to buy in and invest their money into their company based off their vision. And again, um, they just weren't ever able to deliver. And part of the problem is they were actually diagnosing people or giving them test results. And people were making diagnostic decisions with their results. Holy shit. <laughs> and one thing they did is they said they were using these machines, but they were actually had a testing lab <laughs> that they were actually just physically manually doing the tests on a bench top and saying they were using the, the Theranos piece of equipment and then beaming it back to them. <laughs> so it was all just a big show. And it was run by this woman named Elizabeth Holmes, who is this, um, she was a tr attractive blonde woman, but she had this really weird, deep bar baritone voice. I, I suggest you go on YouTube and look her up and it, this voice just hits you and you're like, what is going on here? But she was able to get a lot of people to back her, her board had two former secretaries of state, um, Henry Kissinger, I may have said that wrong. Um, General Mattis was one of them. Mad dog. Not the secretary of state, but a board member. And he really, he really believed in it because he wanted it on the battlefield. And so she was able to use her clout for these other, these board members clout to get, more and more political backing. Joe Biden came and toured the facility back when, when he was vice president. Uh, they made deals with, I believe, Safeway and Walgreens. And Walgreens was refitting all of its stores to have this testing service in there. And they were just never able to deliver any kind of product that could do what they said it could do. Well, eventually it all caught up to them. There was a couple of whistleblowers. And... It all came crashing down. Obviously, this has all been in the news, so it's no, I'm not ruining any story for you. But overall, the, the writing I thought was pretty good. It was a much easier read 
than Enron, the smartest guys in the room. You don't need an MBA to understand it. This is also kind of in my field. I'm in pharmaceuticals, understand regulations, and I didn't think you needed any kind of background in it to understand what was going on. Um, so I do recommend the book. It was entertaining. I was able to blow through it in a few days. It's only 350 pages long, so it's not too long. It's not half space between the, the lines and four-point font, so it's pretty easy to read. Like that tells me there's not a bunch of nonsense filler in there, too. Yeah. I mean, the, it's over like a 10 to 12-year period, so they could have done that if they wanted to just fill a book, but he did a pretty good job of keeping it concise. I read it on Kindle for... $13. You can also get the hardback for 15 right now. It's a pretty new book. It was released in 2018. Yeah. I believe I've seen it on the shelves. Yeah. As soon as I, I've actually always, I've been interested in this story for a while. I've been waiting for a book and I finally saw it and was happy to get my hands on it. Uh, I, like I mentioned last week, I like to see how things fail. Yeah. Well, your two examples have failed because they weren't even legitimate businesses. Yeah. And that's, I mean, you're, it, it was funny too, kind of seeing the, the similarities between the, the two companies and kind of the hubris involved with their leaders. And they're just up there believing everything they're putting out there when they're really or trying to get everyone else to believe it. It seems like uh, both of them had connections to the government too. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, whereas Enron was politically connected in the early two thousands, late nineteen nineties. These guys were uh, had the secretaries of state from uh, Jesus from I think Johnson. Oh wow! Uh, yeah. Well, one of the whistleblowers, I can't remember the guy's name, was actually the grandson of one of the secretaries of state. So that was pretty interesting. And he had to put up with a lot of shit. But one of the quotes from the book was, because when I promise something to a customer, I deliver. That kind of hubris is, I've heard this before from people who fucked up pretty bad. And it's it's that same tone. When I was just trying to get the job done. Yeah. Uh, when this happens, I react. So any, I do recommend the book. Uh, there's some pretty funny Amazon reviews. Oh, yeah. Let's hear them. This is from Austin. This book is interesting. Don't get me wrong. But it's nothing more than a recount of an entitled brat, her evil spouse, and hundreds of people getting screwed over in the process. Honestly, not even sure why I listened as long as I did. So he's mad at the topic. Yeah. He's not mad at the writing of the book. He said the book was interesting. He's mad that it happened. To- yeah. <laughs> and he gave it a one-star review because of that. Yeah. <laughs> this Apparently, this book was too long. It's twice as thick from um, Ramosh G. Um, this is a pretty short book, especially after coming from the smartest guys in the room. Yeah, now 350 pages is the average length book, I think. Yeah, I mean, that's if I pick that up, it's pretty um, – I think I'm going to get through it pretty quickly. Yeah, usually me too. So one other story I remember from reading one of those is uh, one of her parents' friends was a real rich inventor in the healthcare sphere, and he got wind of them. So he went in there and patented something that they knew that they were going to need, that he knew they were going to need for their technology. And so he almost got sued out of existence when they came time because she had built up enough power to fight this guy because she had so many investors. And he was he's rich, but he only had like $50 million. And she's her company was valued at like $9 billion at one yeah. point. Yeah, 50 million ain't much in in that world. They knew their product was BS the entire time. Yeah, essentially. They were, like I said, with the, they were doing benchtop tests in their own lab saying Mm -hmm. that they were doing it on the machine. 
but they not in hopes of of the product actually working in the future we're just like we're just gonna fake it till we make it no they were trying to get a product that would work but i think her vision and she dropped out of stanford after like a year and i don't think she understood any of this her vision was that like you were gonna take this drop of blood and it was going to shine a light through it. It was going to give you all these test results, mm. but that's not, not how the blood tests work. And so they're having to use these, what's called validated tests, which means they've been shown that they work repeatedly and dilute the blood in order to get a result, which that validated test does not allow for the dilution of the blood. So it's used to testing at a certain concentration but they were saying that we're not going to take four miles of blood because they were using a drop. Yeah. So, I mean, it was all, and like I said, this is people's health. We're talking about. Yeah. So the, so you could actually, could you actually take one draw from your finger and do what they wanted to do? Just not the way they said they were doing it or no. Um, They ended up, taking a smaller vial so it was probably it they had there's famous pictures of her and it's probably half a centimeter or maybe a centimeter tall um that they would squeeze out of your blood or that causes other problems too like you're smashing the blood cells Mm. and you could run some tests they were able to get some tests to run but it's not they were trying to get hundreds of tests on one um blood draw essentially and they, they were advertising, too, a lot about the this tiny little drop, and you'd go into one of their serve, their things in the Walgreens, and then they'd tourniquet your arm, and you'd be like, what? I thought we were just taking <laughs> some from my finger. <laughs> so did Walgreens sue them? Like, I mean, they were, make, they were changing their, their... I don't know what happened with Walgreens. They ended the partnership at one point. Because Theranos uh-huh. wasn't delivering. Jesus. And that little short video I watched, that's what they were talking about, was the partnership with Walgreens. But it was with Jim Cramer, so they were talking about it in a, in a positive light before all this unraveled. I think that Jim Cramer uh, interview was pretty close to when everything unraveled, too. Was, that was kind of a uh, damage control I think oh, the like story had come out at that point. Trying to save the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I recommend it. Bad Blood by John Kerry Rue. Sorry, John. I'm sure you're used to it. Jared, let's hear about yours. I uh, picked up Running Ransom Road by Daniel or by Caleb Danieloff. Uh, basically, the Story is uh, seven different races, each broken up by its own chapter. Uh, Caleb is a uh, ex-alcoholic. I think by the time this book was written, he's been seven years sober. Um, so anyway, each each race that he 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 does is has significance at at some point in his life, to where he's 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 moved around a lot. Um, his dad was a pretty famous journalist. I can't remember his name though, but, uh, anyway, so basically he talks about each race and he goes and he goes through what I, what I call flashbacks throughout each chapter, just, just randomly in the middle, in the middle of the chapter, he'll have a flashback and they are very raw and real basically raw and real uh, recounts of, of what, what he's had, what he's done in the past. So anyway, that, that was, obviously it was pretty personal for him, but what I'm jealous of his very first marathon was the Boston marathon. Uh, he got into it by donation. Charity. Yeah. Okay. By charity. He's not a fast runner by any means he, throughout the book. He's trying to break the four hour mark in the marathon. You know. I think he runs four, uh, five marathons in the book and a few other shorter races. Uh, but 
I sent I sent Barry a few few quotes from the book. One of them I really liked was towards the end. Uh, being a runner, being a runner was a state of mind, something you evolved to, and once you arrive, you never go back, dude. How fucking true is that? I don't know. Well, it's pretty true, unless you're me. <laughs> I don't know. I've fallen in love with running. Yeah. Now I I'm kind of I'm back. I was telling John too today. It's like you just got to get in the groove and it takes about three weeks to get in that groove and you get in the point where you don't want to miss them. So, yeah. but in that, that window though, you damn sure better make sure you're getting out there. Fuck me. He, uh, he, he talks about after, after Boston that how he wanted to do better in the next one. So he immediately signed up like right. days days or not even days after after the boston marathon for his next race and just it really consumed him he's talking about like is it is he trying to replace it and uh trying to replace drinking yes yeah exactly so i'll say battling that signing up for a marathon or a race even after right after another race is like going to the grocery store hungry Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> you should give yourself a week or two. Yeah. Come down a little bit. Yeah. Well, the the mistake I made after my marathon was taking too long to decide to get back in the swing of things. You got to have that next goal for sure. Yeah, and I didn't have anything. <laughs> you know, we've got uh skidaway coming up next March, which we'll talk about a little more later, but I'm trying to find like a half marathon or something like in late April, just to have something to kind of keep me going. Yeah. You got to test the legs eventually, you know? Right. But uh, that's the book, man. I There is only one – there's only one one-star review on Amazon, but it's kind of bullshit, so. Um, this kind of sounds a little bit like – wild i don't know if i covered wild on this podcast but i read it since we've started the podcast and she gets real what's the real real with her past and what she did and uh i guess that that was pretty interesting especially for someone to just open up to the rest of the world about what they've done i probably never would do that even though i haven't done anything close to what these people have done Dude, I mean, he it gets really personal in, in this book. I'm like, holy shit. I mean, he really puts himself out there. It, but, I mean, it's great. Damn good read. Yeah. It's Running Ransom Road. Running Ransom Road. Good. I, I would recommend it. Well, we've got a lot of runners listening to this show, so. I think... <laughs> hey go to our instagram and comment what your favorite interest is so we know yeah. what, what you guys <laughs> so, like so we can right. cater to you it's a good idea actually maybe we'll do a poll or some a poll shit. yeah story poll are you gonna start misery now i've started it yes and it's already messed up Dude, so good. I was like, man, what am I about <laughs> to get into? <laughs> I actually thought about rereading it. I just I like the part. What what's the what's the author's name in the book? Uh he, shoot, I can't remember. Is it Peter? No, not Peter. All I remember is Annie Wilkes. Yeah. Dude. And and he's like, when I came to, I realized I was in a bad situation. I was like, oh, what the hell? Let's see, author in misery. I'm glad you clarified that, Jared, because I was coming with Stephen King real fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I knew that it's Paul good. Sheldon. Paul Sheldon. Just a sidebar, if anybody out there is a fan of Family Guy, uh, Family Guy loves to spoof on Stephen King. So, movies. He, they spoof King, Stephen King movies. Yeah, so... Just go check that out sometime too. Uh, speaking of the king, 
I brought uh, full dark, no stars tonight. I had to tap into the archives again. Uh, we're on a alternative recording schedule because of the holy days. Hey, we, we got we got fans and we got to deliver. So yes, sir. Uh, so I read this book in 2019. It was kind of when I was getting into my King Bender. May have actually been the first book. It, no, well, Misery was the first book of his I read. This is probably the second. Uh, I ultimately chose to read it because I watched 1922 on Netflix and uh, wanted to read the story. The story was, of course, better, though the show on Netflix gave me nightmares for months. So uh, a, it's one of uh, Stephen King's short story books, of which he has several. It's got four stories in it. They're more novellas than short stories. Uh, each one's probably 120 pages. And uh, it's got 1922, uh, which is about a husband and son who kill their wife, mother, because she wants to sell their family farm. And uh, basically everything just sort of goes downhill from there. Uh, the other one's called Big Driver. Uh, it's about uh, an author who gets assaulted by a truck driver, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, it was all kind of staged by a whole bunch of people and she sort of goes out to get her revenge. Um, the next one's called Fair Extension. It's about a guy who's dying of some kind of cancer uh, makes a deal with the devil to cure himself. And not only does he cure himself and get rich, his arch nemesis then gets everything, uh, like loses his fortune, gets real sick. His family dies, just, you know, typical Stephen King stuff. Um, and the last one is called the good marriage. It may have actually been my favorite one in the book it was about a wife who uh, slowly discovers that her husband is a serial killer and uh, that serial killer is based on the btk killer which you guys may be familiar with from topeka kansas topeka and so all really good pretty quick read it's only 380 pages uh it's got a 4.8 out of five star rating on Amazon and it has zero one star reviews. Wow. Yeah. Not even anything like my husband was the BTK killer. I don't appreciate <laughs> this. Uh, no pages but, missing? No. Well, I bought mine at Barnes and Noble. So, well, I mean, the reason. <laughs> oh, no, but there wasn't any comments like that. Wow. Oh. So, so who's the publisher? Penguin? Uh Gallery Books. Oh, I like their books. I like their cover designs. Yeah, this one's got uh, a crow, which uh does not relate to any story now that I'm thinking about it, but it's a cool cover. I like crows. The book I read this turn. book recently too. Uh, I think at the beginning of the year or late last year, and I really did enjoy it. That that fair extension one. Kind of got a good moral to it. The envy, I guess, would be the envy. Yeah. I don't know. Would be the deadly sin covered there. Yeah, for sure. I did remember really liking Big Driver too, and looking to see if they Stephen King had a movie with it, and they actually do. Oh, really? Yeah, it didn't look good enough for me to read uh, to rent it, so I didn't. But. Stephen King's The Stand is about to be a CBS miniseries. I'm not sure. I, I've only read about 800 pages of the book, which is only about 25% of it. So I don't know what kind of basis to have. I am going to try to tackle that sometime in the new year. Uh, but no, definitely would recommend it. Full Dark, No Stars. Uh, I think short stories are a great way to get to know authors uh, especially Stephen King and so this could be a good introduction uh, this one or misery of course and so I think those are the first two books I've read from him yeah 
I think I think I did Misery and then this one and then I read The Shining. Uh, <laughs> That's the same order I remember reading them about mine in too. I read 1922 while my wife was out of town. And I'm sitting downstairs with a gun on the coffee table. <laughs> like, and then at the end, I'm like, maybe I should put this up. I read 1922 and, uh, and uh, went to, well, I had nightmares about rats for months. And then I've brought this up before sometime within that stretch of months, me and Jared went to the cabin and, uh, man, I just my feel wife. like I could hear rats scratching around in that place all night, every Is night. Is that why you kept talking about them? <laughs> Probably, man. I was terrified. <laughs> I wasn't getting any sleep. <laughs> Even the dog was all weirded out, too. So, uh, but, and then Stephen King, of course, has several hundreds, maybe, books. I don't know. Definitely published works, I would say, is in the hundreds, so. Uh, pick your poison on those. I've, I'm finding I like his older stuff better, though. So, as most people seem to, I did try to. I started the the new one, the cat one. What's it called? Uh, if it bleeds, if it bleeds, yeah. And I read a couple of those, and I really liked the first two. I read. Um. I got stuck on one of them. It, but it's a story that I think I would really enjoy. I think I just need to start over. Yeah, give it another go. Yeah. I'll tell you something else that's cool about short story books is you don't necessarily have to read it all the way through. You know, you can read a story here and then put it down for a month and read the next one since they're probably not tied together in any way. Yeah, I mean, I read Everything's Eventual, and there's a story in there about Pablo Escobar. And for some reason, I just was not paying attention to it. And about halfway through, I just said, fuck it, and just moved on to the next one. Yeah. Yeah, and that's good. That's nice, too. It's just not piquing your interest. Yeah. That's, that's one thing I've taken to heart myself i'm not gonna sit slug through a book that doesn't interest me i'm gonna put it down and pick up something else yeah i've gotten i've gotten a lot better with that now that we have deadlines you know for the podcast too it's like i'm not gonna waste my time uh and then there's books that are marginal kind of like that one i had last episode montana 1948 Mm -hmm. you know if i if i I was able to just hammer through that one, you know, so. Jared, you had something? Yeah, I, I think the next Stephen King book I'm going to read is the the, uh, the Institute. Yeah. One of the, the cover got my attention and uh, it has some pretty damn good reads on, on good or, or ratings on good reads. Sorry. Yeah, that one's kind of had my eye and that's one of his newer ones, too. That's probably last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think he's still, he's working on stuff still. I think, I don't know how he, how he keeps up, but. I mean, he puts out two or two a year at least. Yeah. I'd say so. That's probably more work than I do all year. Yeah. And he probably gets paid 50 times as much. Yeah. Especially once they turn them into movies. So. One thing I will say is I don't think they he the his movies uh the couple I've seen aren't adapted real well, I don't think. Yeah. I kinda at one point wanted them to remake the shining, and I think they could probably do a pretty good job of that, but redo it and try to go off the book a little bit yeah. better, especially now that technology's better. Yeah, you could do it real well, I think. Uh, and still, and I bring it up all the time and I actually remember the name of it now on Hulu, they have a show called Castle Rock that is based off of Stephen King's works as a whole. And that's really good. Don't they have a word for his world? Hmm, I don't know. 
he's built like the wizarding world of Harry, Harry Potter. Because <laughs> I've read, I have started the Dark Tower series and I have read that it even ties into the rest of everything that he's done. Yes. I've, I was, well, I was reading about Dark Tower when he told me you'd picked up to it and it even references back to, I think, Salem's Lot, maybe. All his books are connected. Yeah. Just in one way or another. I'd like to see that map. There's one, I can't remember if it was in 112263 or if it was uh, on the show Castle Rock, but there's there's a scene where somebody goes to this new town and they're like, oh yeah, you know, a clown used to terrorize this town, but son of a bitch. But we took care of that, you know, and it's like, oh, that house used to have vampires in it. I think that's probably Castle Rock. Is that Salem's Lot that they're referencing? Yeah, with the vampires. So, give them a go. Dude, Jared, so, go I'm, ahead. Sorry. So, the outsider, it, it's connected more in more ways than just the the characters from like the Mr. Mercedes series. Probably. No, there's probably more the, I'm just going to call it a spirit. And it is probably connected from one of his past books. Is that what you're saying? Probably. Yeah. That's insane, dude. You'll just have to go read all his past books and make that connection. That's a lot of freaking books, man. Let's just make 21 the year of Stephen King. That's all we'll read. (laughs) We're going to be, we're going to be freaking depressed. Yeah. I got depressed when I was reading them. I mean, I've talked about that before. It's like I read seven books of his in a row or something. I'm like, all right, got to do something else. I'm going to open up a little bit here, but uh, being hard of hearing, I deal with a lot of anxiety at night. And so it's like nice to have a wife that has normal hearing and have a dog that (laughs) can hear obviously better than I can. But when she's not here and I'm just trusting on Buddy, my dog to hear whatever's going bump in the night (laughs) i don't sleep very well when i'm reading the stephen king uh speaking of 2021 john why don't you tell us about a few of your goals as uh i should point out this will be our last episode of the year 2020 good riddance merry christmas merry christmas everybody Hey, it's been a good year to me yeah it's been good to me i've gotten I've got a made a lot of progress in my life. Um, anyway, I'm, <laughs> yeah. Let's say uh, MBA obviously is one of them. I'm going to graduate in May, assuming I can pass the last two classes. Are Almost you going to walk? Yeah, I think I will if they'll let me. Yeah, it's on a Wednesday. Yeah. So I I don't want any of my family to come travel for it, but. The school decided that they're not going to anyway, so yeah, <laughs> have to take three days off work to come do that. Right, two-hour event. I want to get a professional certification. I got one this year. I want to get the next level up for, for project management. Um, I want to weigh, probably lose, hopefully fifty pounds. That'll be, I will have lost. 30 pounds this year if that was the case so i got 10 pounds to lose before the end of the year to make it 30 it's um uh more whitewater stuff get our podcasts listeners up and uh, a backpacking trip once per quarter i tried to do that this year and it just didn't pan out i kind of was able to give other things like my trip to arkansas i counted as my backpacking trip um, our trip to the cabin Bear, uh, Jared and I actually did go on a backpacking trip, but that's the only trip I've been on where I carried a full backpack. And it was and full, some, but it, it, it was full. John, John turned over a new leaf on that front. We were talking about a trip <laughs> in March and he goes, uh, he goes, I'm only bringing what I need. I told him, I, I was like, I want to be a hammock 
camper <laughs> and I'm looking at a at Big Ben and I'm like, I don't think I'm going to be able to put a hammock up out there. He goes, well, maybe in the mountains. I'm, like, I'm not bringing a tent and a hammock. <laughs> and they won't let you there. Not like really? up, in, up on the up in the basin, yeah, you're not allowed to hang hammocks. I didn't know that. On the foliage. I apologize, Big Ben. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I never hung a hammock up down there. I went to I went a couple of years ago Memorial Day weekend and it's about 120 every day. We were camping in the desert floor and had no shade whatsoever. We were manufacturing shade out of everything <laughs> we could get our hands on. We opened up our rain flies and like strung it between the truck and the uh, bear container and <laughs> it's like we're sitting under it like this <laughs> and so i don't go to big bend in may anymore uh continue back on uh, i want to go to four new parks i already have two of them kind of lined up this year big bend and rocky mountain i don't think i'm going to see as much of rocky mountain as i want to but i'll still count it and then I got I got Shenandoah probably because it's within driving distance, and I don't know what the fourth one is going to be. And then I have professional goals, but I won't share those here because I don't need those publicized. Yeah, somebody will try to shoot you down. Yeah. Jared, what about you? You been scheming on it any? I didn't know we were doing this, but <laughs> we gave you an hour's <laughs> notice. <laughs> Oh man, you, you know, got to be thinking about it all I the guess, time, man. Yeah, we'll start with running. I get, you know, obviously one of those would would be qualifying for Boston, possibly completing a fifty miler. Fifty miler? Uh, yeah, I think maybe maybe fifty k. I haven't decided. Well, you're doing a fifty k for sure. Yeah, fifty k for sure. Um, I'd like to be a better guitarist. Move move beyond the the beginner, add the basic beginner, <laughs> and uh, guitar is so hard to set goals for. I have found. I don't know how you measure your yourself. You can't really, other than yeah. I don't know. That's why I'm always recording myself too, because that's the only way you can actually hear if it sounds any good too. I think. Yeah. Well, as my niece and nephew's guitar teacher or music teacher said, there's no better musicians than him. There's just more experienced musicians. <laughs> I'm going to, I don't agree with that at all, but. Well, I, you know, I've been getting lessons for the last, I don't know, I guess I got them for about five months maybe. And I learned a lot about the guitar, but I didn't get much better at guitar and so i've been kind of thinking i'm like all right i need to start doing something different you know it's like it's like i'm book smart now but i'm not street smart well i think but on that end you're gonna you're gonna see those dividends pay off uh i'm learning another skill where i i made a lot of progress from the zero to I don't know, let's just say 50%. And then I'm trying to move from 50 to 60, and it's it's taking more effort than going from zero to 50. Yeah. And so you're kind of, you're probably in that, you're actually learning what you need to learn so you can become a better guitarist. Right, the, I'm at the tipping point. Right. And well, I so, need to learn how to implement it all now. Yeah, and that was my issue with the skill I was trying to learn. It's just... I was able to just make a basic, basic thing, but now I'm able to, I've been, then I put in 20 extra hours trying to learn it. And now I can do the next step, even though I'm still far away from being an expert. Yeah. But make a progress. You got to stick with it because you're, you're going to get there. Yep. Keep that mindset with your running too. Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Uh, speaking of, uh, I, uh, with the running though, real quick, I've changed from a, to a, like a four foot strike and I ran a, a little faster recently and I'm like, Oh, this is what 
running is supposed to feel like instead of the heel strike where you're jarring your legs. Yes. Even though I'm a fat ass, I still felt like I was like a gazelle. Yeah. One thing that I've, you know, I've mentioned last episode, I quit listening to music when I run, which I didn't used to, but then I started again. Uh, Just being able to hear your feet hitting Mm -hmm. the ground, you can tell, learn a lot about how you're landing. And it's like, if you can hear your feet hitting the ground, you ain't landing right. It's kind of, or, you know, if it sounds like it's kind of like skidding almost, you can, you can definitely hear a, a, a hill strike. It's mm-hmm. like that first thud and then the slap of the bottom of your shoe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially your if you're running foot. on like a sidewalk. You know, yeah. You can really hear it. You're on dirt. So, food for thought. Jared, anything else? How many books you want to read? Oh, man. I, I think I'd like to read I wanna, something reachable. I mean, I, th- I think 25 could be reachable. Shoot, I bet you did 25 this year. Yeah, I'm having a hard time thinking of which books I read this year. I, I can't remember them all. You got to keep them I'm not saying it shelf. was a lot of them. Yeah, yeah true. I'm, I'm not saying it's a lot of them, but. Hey, it's more than everybody else. Can't I can't remember. <laughs> if you read two a year, you probably read more than most everybody in the world. I would I'd think. love to see that stat. Yeah. I would think the the people I know that call themselves readers probably read one book a month. So that beers and books guy on yeah. his, on Instagram, he puts them away now. Mm-hmm. Speaking of uh, him, I'm going to read a book he has been pitching quite a bit. Uh, the Terror looks super good. So. Don't y'all be stealing that one from me. Don't steal green. It's based on a true story. Terror? Yeah. Green light, the Matthew McConaughey book. Yeah. Oh yeah. You can go ahead with that. Our buddy Tyler Owens. Yeah. Highly recommends it. (laughs) They had signed editions at my Barnes and Noble. Shit. Stamped. Yeah. I think they were. Apparently, 25% of Americans haven't read a book in the last year in any way, shape, or form, which wow. is actually lower than I would have expected. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Nine million people? 90 million people? Yeah. Um, wow. The average is 12 books a year, which is a lot higher than I expected. Yes, yeah, so that's about right. Higher. Month. Yeah. I know people that, you know, they like, they just have a book on their bedside. Yeah, you know? they just read them a James Patterson book every month. and Hey, ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah, or while they're on vacation, you know, they'll read a book. Where do you start with James Patterson anyway? I see his books everywhere. I don't know. I don't know where, where, to, where to even begin. Uh, we have a bookstore here called Second and Charles. It's a secondhand bookstore, and they have this book wall – and like 90% of the books are J they, it's just decoration mm-hmm. and 90% of them are James Patterson. Yeah. It's funny. Jesus. I don't know. I wouldn't know where to start either. I'd probably just search whatever his best one is. And I probably actually would read that one. The president is missing that he wrote with. Clinton. Lily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really want to read that Obama Biden. Yeah. Those things look funny. There's a couple of them. It's a series, the Obama Biden <laughs> mystery series. <laughs> it reminds me of that SpongeBob, like Aquaman and the yeah. superhero one. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it's got the uh, shells. One thing I, I always struggle with is saying I'm going to read X amount of books in a year. Uh, well, what if I want to read a book that's a thousand pages long? Is does that count as three books? Because I could read a bunch of two hundred page books and knock out a hundred of them. You better read fast. Yeah, because <laughs> uh, I mean, when I think this was two thousand eighteen, I just I set out to read a bunch of thousand page books. I'm like, I'm going to read one of these a month. Yeah, definitely didn't get there, but 
probably would have felt better about that than the year I read 84. Yeah, I, I don't know what kind of number you could put on it. I had Very. I had one year where I had set a page number goal, and I think that's a good way to do it, but it's just really hard to it's hard to stay on top of that. Yeah, I mean, even like, let's say the book I'm reading right now, The Gunslinger, one page of that does not equal one page of The Last Lion. Mm-hmm. The Last Lion book takes probably three minutes per page, and they're a thousand pages long. Right. And I read the Stephen King book in a page a minute. Right. No, it's tough. Yeah, yeah. like the river, the river of Doubt. That mm-hmm. book would probably take me a month to get through. And the font, the font is so. No, Jared, you'd plow through River of Doubt, man. That book is so freaking good. So is the Garfield one, which I can't even remember what it's called, but Manifest or something, Destiny. Not yeah, Manifest, it's uh, no, it's uh, Destiny of the Republic. That's right. And then, um, Hero of the Empire is my favorite. It's about my boy Winston Churchill. Yeah, I need to read that one too. Maybe one of my reading goals for next year will be to tap into my library a little bit. I think I need to catch up on a lot of books that I've been gifted. Yeah, mostly from Barry. You had a good suggestion. It's when someone gives you a book, read it within a month and send them a handwritten thank you note. Yeah. Problem or let's is, tune into the Bourbon Bookshelf podcast. Yeah. <laughs> the problem is that this time of year, I'll end up with 10 or 12 new books. So. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fine. That's what I ask for. <laughs> you know, yeah. forgets, but. Do you, do, do y'all have any books that are a must read in 2021 on your, on your list? Oh like shit. A, I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about that. Like, yeah, I'm like, yeah, I've got to read that book. Oh, for ourselves. Yeah. For yourselves. I don't know. I have a, a a three book series on the Nazis that I've been really interested in. It's um, I can't see them right now. It's like the Third Reich in power, the coming of the Third Reich and the Third Reich at war that I've been really interested in that I think I want to knock out in 2021. I would like to read The Stand. I need to finish one of those real big Stephen King books I've started and haven't finished. And then trying to think. I want to read more educational type books next year too because I've kind of been neglecting them, I feel like. But I've started reading uh, in the last couple weeks. I've started doing every day uh, 10 pages of educational reading separate from whatever I'm reading for, for this. And I've gotten in a pretty good routine with that. Are you going to bring him to the show? Yeah. So the problem I've run into is I haven't actually finished any. I'll read like 150 pages of one and then 150 pages of another, which is fine. Probably. I mean, it's better than nothing. Yeah, I'm working. I'm still working through this Microsoft Access book, and I've kind of hit a point where I know everything that's useful for me, and I still have a thousand pages to go. Yeah, <laughs> decide oh, if I want to just continue with it, plow through it, or just kind of refer back to it, or even make it a year goal next year to get through it. Yeah, just work through the whole thing. Jared, do you got any must-reads? One book that I want to read is called The Outlaw Ocean. And I think that's kind of about uh, commercial fishing. Illegal commercial fishing player two. I got to read it. Got to when the paperback comes out. Shoot, that may not even be next year. You don't think so? I don't know. I, don't I think know it usually takes a are. year to come out. Damn know. it. Well, never mind. Put on my 2022. Just go buy the hardback, man. 
the, but it won't match the one I have now. <laughs> I, hey, I, I'm right there with you, buddy. I'm yeah. right there with you. I'm the same <laughs> That's way. The <laughs> that is a good point. I have from I'm not going to mention the series, but I have one where it's two paperbacks and a then a hardback, and I hate it. <laughs> yeah. Is it the Hunger Games? No, it's even worse than that. Harry Potter. Um, it's the last star or something. What is that? It is a teenage is a dystopian uh, future book. We hadn't anyway. had any teen reads on the show in a little while. Yeah, we weren't getting listeners. Yeah, it's amazing. A little, just a small change. It's like an eyesore on the bookshelf. Yeah, yeah. When it's out of whack. But you want to read it. You want to read it so bad and. That's one reason I uh, quit ordering as much off of Amazon because just have God knows what showing up. <laughs> well, yeah, I've ordered stuff that look that I'm like, oh, okay, that's the that's the same kind, of, it's the same artwork or whatever as my previous one, and it's a different fucking publisher that shows up. Uh-huh. So good. Barry, tell us about your goals. Uh, I want to run the 50k which i've already come out and said yes sir looking like that's going to happen in october maybe is it on ultra cdc yeah paladera canyon uh no it's not up yet i've checked about once a week uh once and then also day. want to do the skid away marathon uh all that's all said and done except for the running so got my flights booked room room and board is booked Uh, yeah i'd like to kind of in between those two make sure i stay active that's going to be a big one after that marathon to make sure i keep running uh need to lose i'd like to get under 200 pounds which is going to be uh 60 ish pounds of weight loss which, which i'll do no problem that's just about 20 days on keto so I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Uh, and then uh, hoping to maybe buy something in the mountains or the desert, one of the two. We'll have to see how that shakes out. Every time I get close, a uh, air conditioner goes out or something. So <laughs> knock on wood. Yep. And uh, trying to think what else I'd like to read. Uh, I'd like to read about 50 books probably. Big number. Yeah, but I'm not going to let reading a book like The Stand, I'm not going to let my goal of 50, like we were talking about earlier, uh, keep me from reading The Stand for a month. Yeah, exactly. So we'll see. My record is 28 books in a year and i so for sure want to break that i'm only going to do probably 18 this year maybe but it's been a crazy year with this pandemic Pandemic. so we'll see stand by to get some yes sir uh dude john yeah, and then I've got I've got podcast park. goals oh, sorry, as well. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> so oh, yeah, yeah. I definitely want to travel. Uh, I'd like to try to go to new some new places. Uh, not that I don't like my old places too, but I always try to make it to one new place a year. I've heard that from someone, and I usually make it to a few, but that's always one goal is to go somewhere I've never been before. I heard a good philosophy on vacations a while back, and I may have talked about it before. You From your take, dad? Mm, I don't think so. This doesn't sound like something my dad would say. Uh, you should take two a year. One should be one where you're just going like balls to the wall, trying to see everything you can. And the other should be one where you're just sitting and doing nothing. So I like that. I take that like you take one where you go to New York City, we'll say. Mm-hmm. And then you do one where you go to beautiful Marathon, Texas. And do nothing. So 
you shared this with me. I think you said your dad said it was find a place you really like. So maybe that place for me is a Smokies. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And, I know where you're going. and go to it in each of its, the peak of this each season. Mm-hmm. So that way you get to experience the snowfall, the fall foliage, the heat of the summer, but it's green. Mm-hmm. And just as the wildlife starts coming back to life. Yep. That's exactly right. No, I like that philosophy as well. That place for me would probably be Big Bend. What were you saying, Jared? I was saying the see the blue bonnets there in, in Big Bend. Yeah. That, we went to uh, awesome. Me and Kathy went last year. Oh, y'all saw them? Yeah. It was it was one of the best blooms they've ever had, too, apparently. Damn, it must have been nuts. That's about uh well, that was spring break. I think it was last year. Uh we went with uh Tyler Vance and his bride. March. So John, we might see some if it rains. It's gotta rain though, and it doesn't it hadn't rained. <laughs> we got time. Yeah. What were you gonna say on the national parks, Jared? Uh, saying uh one of the new ones that I'd like to go to is the the Black Canyon of the oh, Gunnison. I saw too. a picture on Instagram the other <laughs> day and I was like shit. Hey, it looks actually freaking awesome. That's funny you say that because I saw a picture of the Black Canyon uh-huh. and said, and that's how I defined freedom for myself, is you see a picture of the Black Canyon and you go, okay, I'm going there. And that yeah. weekend, you're on a plane to the Black Canyon of the Gunnison, which is not easy to get to. No, you've got to want to get there. And But you have the financial resources and the freedom with your time to just get out there and go do it just because you saw it and it felt good. Yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, I had that similar thought one time driving back from Rio Dosa, you go through Roswell and in Roswell, you can cut North and go to Santa Fe. And I was like, man, true freedom would be able to just say, you know what, let's go to Santa Fe for a week instead of coming back and just cut North and go up there. One day, boys. Yep. One day. We ain't far. Uh, we've kind of been talking about travel. What kind of travel plans you guys have for the new year? We're going to go out to Georgia in March. We're talking about maybe going to Disney World or something. I propose going to like maybe Cancun or something like that. Uh, but we opted out on international travel for the time being just because it seems like it could be a pain in the butt. Yes, sir. I'd like to get back out to Oregon, go do some salmon fishing. You badass. Where are you going, John? Um, let's see. I got Big Ben in March. And then my family, as in my parents and my siblings and their spouses, are looking at going to the Rocky Mountain National Park or just Denver, I guess, is the true destination. And then I'd like to spend more time outside on a in a tent or in a hammock hiking. What about a shelter? Shelter's fine, too. I didn't mind that at all. <laughs> Maybe not in the winter. No. But um, I didn't mind that at all. And then I would like to go. I need to figure out something to take the wife on for an extended vacation for the year. Uh, Our five-year anniversary is next year, so I probably need to plan something around then. Wow. It's been five years already? Yeah. Seems like only yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) So well, good. I, yeah, I definitely want to spend more time. Uh, you know, Big Bend is just three hours south of me, and it's probably my favorite national park. I don't have any reason to not be down there more frequently than I am. So, yeah, it's the same with the Smokies for me. It's just, it's just doing it. 
Yeah, I mean, I was, I, can, I was able to go up to Charlotte every other weekend this year. I can go up two hours extra. Yeah, I mean, I could, I seriously could go to Big Bend on Saturday morning. Yeah, and be back in time for dinner if I really wanted to. Definitely could go run eight miles. Yep. I actually thought about doing that this weekend. But I'm not. So maybe next. <laughs> so, Jared, what about you? Did you for, already tell us? For sure, travel. I, know, yeah. I, I am going to the Rockies um, probably in September with some folks here in South Carolina. Co workers. That's the only confirmed travel plans. Other other than Big Ben for for New Year's, our annual New Year's trip. Yeah, that's more this year though. Yeah, 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 true. Scratch that. So I'll be down there to run mule ears, hopefully. Let's do it, buddy. You guys got any closing thoughts? That's been a good year. Yeah, thanks for playing along with us. Yeah, we really appreciate each and every one of you for listening to us ramble on. We do think we put out a good product and we think we're getting better every single episode. And we each each and every single time we see an increase in listeners, we just know that you guys have told a friend. So keep telling your friends and make them tell their friends because mm-hmm. we're only here because of you guys. Absolutely. Yep. Thanks to our wives too for tolerating it. Yeah. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Bourbon Bookshelf Podcast. Our aim with this show is to encourage people to read widely, enjoy good beverages in moderation, get outside, and have good conversations. We hope we can meet this goal while serving as good company for you, the listener. If you enjoy the show, please let us know by subscribing to and reviewing the podcast and following us on Instagram. If you really enjoy the podcast, please consider making a small monthly donation to help us continually improve the show. You can find the link to do this in the show notes for this episode or on our Instagram page at bourbon underscore bookshelf. Thank you and we'll see you next time.